0: From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Hundreds of students at SUNY campuses across New York State now have access to a mental health network that was assembled almost three years ago by an upstate psychiatrist. Today, I'm talking about this network with Dr. Christopher Lucas. He's the Vice Chair of Hospital Psychiatry Services and Director of the SUNY Student Telehealth Counseling Network. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Lucas. Thank you very much. So, please tell us how and why you started this network.
1: So, really, it was um, to address um, a basic need across most college campuses, um, particularly in more rural parts of the state, in order to be actually able to access specialty mental health care. Uh, when we started, we were really thinking that it would address um, both. Uh, online psychotherapy and uh, telepsychiatry, But as we gained greater experience, it seemed that the primary need was really being able to access a psychiatrist in a timely manner. What we found in some campuses, um, it might take up to five months to get an initial evaluation and appointment with a psychiatrist, which in the life of a student is an eternity.
0: That's more than a semester.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: Well, now, if I understand correctly, by the end of 2020, there'll be about 18 SUNY college campuses that are part of the network. And up until now, all of the counseling and psychiatry services have been provided by professionals like yourself at Upstate. But now providers from SUNY Downstate are going to be joining the network too. Is that right?
1: Yes. So we currently have 13 uh, SUNY campuses that we provide services to. Uh, We're looking to expand that probably with another three or four campuses. And SUNY Downstate is going to join us um, in providing services for an additional five campuses.
0: Well, now that this has been in operation for going on three years, um, what have you seen the demand for this service to be?
1: So the demand has steadily grown. Um, I think that um, there's sometimes a bit of a learning curve between uh, campuses so that the very first year they're part of it, uh, that they sort of are somewhat tentative. But as soon as they're into the sort of second year of participation, uh, the number of referrals grows. Um, We're getting very good uh, acceptability. uh, So the students like this way of accessing services. Now with COVID, things have become a little different in that in some ways, um, you know, we were doing this with telepsychiatry for a couple of years before everybody went to doing everything online. Um, So there is a little bit of sort of screen fatigue happening at the moment in that um, the sort of students are probably a little fed up of having to do everything online um, so that um, some of them are actually wishing we could do things more in person.
0: Well, walk us through how the network operates. How How do students access the service?
1: Um, So primarily, uh, students will access it through their local college counselling centre. So most of them will have a counsellor as part of school. And then the counsellors identify people who might uh, benefit from either specialist psychotherapy or telepsychiatry, And they send a referral over online. Uh, We review it and then usually are able to see a student within one to two weeks of, of receiving a referral. Uh, so that's markedly different from what they could, might receive in the community.
0: So how long does the visit typically last? And are they offered, um, is it just weekdays, weeknights, weekends? Um, so,
1: again, this is sort of an evolving uh, service. So um, initially, the way that it worked was that students would go um, to a designated room within the counseling center, would connect with us uh, electronically, and then we would uh, provide services from Upstate. Um, As COVID hit and people started to either not be on campus or to be back at home uh, that we started providing services to wherever the students were at their period of time. Um, College counselling centres generally don't provide evening and weekend hours, uh, but we have the ability to do that, um, particularly when we're not now tied to seeing someone um, in a designated space on campus
0: and as you mentioned like with the pandemic i mean probably more students are at home taking classes and then and then what happens during the gap between semesters is this service available
1: yeah so um typically we carry on to see people um throughout the semester over the winter breaks uh now most colleges now are sending their students home at the at thanksgiving and not welcoming them back until Jan- the end of january so that winter break has become a little longer, and they're even more reliant on our services.
0: So do students have uh, a co-pay, or how are they charged for this sort of service?
1: Um, so there's no charge whatsoever. Um, this is entirely funded by a, a grant from New York State. Um, each year, the legislature has funded the program, um, and we're very happy to be able to offer this at no cost. You know, many students don't have health insurance um, or they don't have health insurance that covers mental health services or there are significant deductibles and co-pays that become a, a barrier to them accessing. So this has really been one of the great things about the program is that we've been able to do it at no cost to the students.
0: Now, you can match a student up with a psychologist or a psychiatrist or social worker.
1: Um, So primarily, um, most of our personnel are psychiatric residents and psychiatric nurse practitioners. Um, One of the big benefits of the program, in addition to providing services to SUNY students, is we actually provide a great educational experience to our residents, who often don't have much experience in in initiating treatment with relatively treatment-naive, younger um, patients. So it's been a very good learning experience for them. And I think when we think about how can we expand this further, it may well be including other senior trainees, whether it's nurse practitioner fellows, uh, family medicine, um, fellowships. um, So that I think it becomes a sort of dual purpose thing. We're providing services to as many campuses who who wish them, but we're also giving a real training uh, opportunity to our own trainees. And I think that's why downstate we're interested in this. Um, in addition.
0: Now, what happens if the uh, provider recommends medication for the student?
1: Well, about 80% of our cases are actually telepsychiatry. So they're routinely getting medication. Uh, so we're doing electronic prescribing to whichever pharmacy they're at. Um, the goal of the program is really initial evaluation, stabilization, and then transition to ongoing care in the community. So Uh, we try and identify at an early stage a primary care provider who might be able to continue a medication that we've initiated and stabilized.
0: This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host Amber Smith talking with Dr. Christopher Lucas. He's a psychiatrist at Upstate and he organized a mental health network that is helping hundreds of students at SUNY campuses across the state. Now let me ask you what happens when mental illness is unrecognized or untreated? in college students?
1: Um, You know, I think it's become increasingly recognized that this has a direct link to academic success and retention. Um, So not addressing the mental health needs of students leads to increased failure in classes, not uh, retaining their students, um, and ultimately has a major impact on their ultimate success. Um, Most major mental illnesses have their onset in the late teenage, early twenties, Um, exactly the time when uh, people are are in colleges. Um, When I started this program, I was expecting a lot of people developing uh, psychiatric illness for the first time um, when they were a college student. But actually, what we've seen is that increasing numbers of individuals who had um, psychiatric issues in childhood and adolescence are now able to go to college and we are inheriting those people Um, who have sometimes fairly significant and complex mental health needs. Um, Addressing them early, addressing them well, really sets them up for academic success.
0: Well, what are the mental health issues that you see most frequently through this program? Um,
1: So the primary issues we see are anxiety, depression, um, suicidal thinking, um, and attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, or ADHD.
0: Okay. And I know it's sort of an individualized um, therapy for each person. There's not one blanket fix for, for each of those issues, right?
1: Correct. You know, generally, um, all of these conditions are best treated with a combination of therapy and medication. Um, so that we find that we work very closely with the counselors at the um, campuses of origin Um, And then some of our trainees also do specialist psychotherapy, such as CBT, cognitive behavior therapy.
0: Now, do you have any standard advice you can offer for someone who's feeling frustration with the quarantine orders?
1: Um, So I think that there's a couple of things that can be done. Um, In terms of the quarantine, uh, you really need to uh, distinguish the things over which you have some control from the things over which you do not have control and don't try and confuse the two. Um, Even though um, we're often talking about socially distancing, um, that's actually the last thing we should be doing. We should be doing physical distancing, but socially connecting. Um, And much as people are fed up of screens, it actually is a a major way that people can connect. Um, Also the concept of um, bubbles, where you have the same group of people that you interact with, um, all of whom have the same exposures. Um, So together, you can still be with people, uh, but you're not uh, continually exposing yourself to new sources of infection.
0: Well, let me ask you why mental health professionals and psychiatric care in in general seems to be in high demand.
1: Um, You know, I think there's a lot of stigma uh, associated with both seeking care um, and uh, just acknowledging that you have a psychiatric illness or a mental health problem. Um, that's actually been one of the good things about doing our online um, psychiatry, in that there's no stigma of having to go to a county mental health clinic or a private practitioner. You just sign on and in the privacy of your own room are able to access mental health care.
0: So maybe more people are seeking it because they know they can do it sort of in a private, a more private way.
1: Yeah, you know, even uh, we had some interesting things where uh, the whole campus once um, was c- c- closed down because of snow, uh, but we were still able to have our sessions. People were still able to go, even though they weren't able to get out out of their dorm rooms.
0: That's great. Do you think that the pandemic has made mental health issues um, more urgent?
1: I think it's both made them more urgent and it's um driving an increase. Uh, You talked about the frustration of, um, but there's also frustration, there's fear, there's lost opportunities, uh, there's impacts on people's future financial well-being. Um, There's the um, losses of things that they previously counted on being able to access. Um, So all of these things lead to both anxiety and depression. Um, I think we're going to have a real epidemic of mental health issues uh, secondary to COVID uh, that will come over the next year.
0: Now, Upstate being an academic medical center, you mentioned um, that a network like this actually helps you as well to educate residents from the psychiatry and behavioral sciences department. Do you think that some of these providers will end up going into sort of the college mental health services? I think
1: the realities of things is that college mental health is not a very well-reimbursed activity. Um, so um, it's hard to have equivalent salaries that you might have working in a hospital or a private clinic. Um, but hopefully we've piqued their interest because they are a very uh, challenging and rewarding population to work with.
0: So that might be why uh, some of the college campuses have trouble providing mental health services and have that like five month long wait list, right?
1: You know, I think there are two things going on. One, they're not able to compete financially uh, with other places. Um, Many of the sites say as soon as they've lost the psychiatrist that they had, they're never able to replace them. And also, the resources in the community are usually not geared towards dealing with um, educated young uh, population. So they may have a very diverse population, a very ageing population with uh, more serious mental health issues, which can be really quite off-putting. Some of the providers don't understand Uh, The intricacies of dealing with college students, um, as we talked before about the time pressures of needing to address things in a timely manner, but also just being aware of what a college student's life is like and being able to adjust your treatment to take account of that. For instance, you know, we don't offer 9am appointments on um, days when there are classes because people are going to want to go to class. Um, We find that students don't answer emails, so we don't really communicate with them via email. We try and communicate with them via secure text. Um, You know, understanding your population really helps get a connection uh, and hopefully improve outcomes.
0: Well, it's really nice to know about this service. I'm appreciative that you came on to take time to explain it to us. Thank you very much. Thank you to Dr. Christopher Lucas, the Vice Chair of Hospital Psychiatry Services at Upstate, and also the Director of the SUNY Student Telecounseling Network. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.